castles are shrouded in mystery, which to many invokes more than a little curiosity. Built to house, protect, and even imprison royalty and aristocracy over the centuries, we can't help but want to uncover the dark events of these buildings' pasts. One thing we know for certain is that these places have seen their fair share of death and dark histories, making them not only places of interest to historians, but also those fascinated with the paranormal. Dudley Castle is a ruined fortification that is situated in the West Midlands in England. Destroyed by fire in 1750, its grounds are now home to a zoo alongside what remains of the buildings. There are a number of reports of paranormal activity in the castle dating back as far as the 1870s. When the castle became a tourist attraction, guides would describe the sighting of an elderly couple dressed in 17th or 18th century clothing, walking the grounds and then disappearing. The zoo was opened in 1937, and over the years staff reported unexplained occurrences whilst working there. Moans and groans would frequently be heard, doors closing of their own accord and footsteps echoing throughout the undercroft. Sightings of a woman in a nightgown roaming the grounds were reported by staff and visitors. Hooded figures were also frequently seen throughout the ruins. These reports sparked a number of paranormal investigations at Dudley Castle. Occasionally, those out on visuals would report the feel of a cold hand touching their shoulder. Of course, speculation of the origin of these occurrences led to a plethora of urban legends. One includes the story of a witch who lived in the ruins who was killed when some locals discovered her affiliation with witchcraft. Depending on your belief, it can take a good deal of courage to partake in an investigation into the paranormal. Those that do have it in themselves to venture into reportedly haunting buildings for a night of discovery of the unknown do so in the hope that once the night is over and they leave the location, the presence will be left there. But what if something were to follow someone back after leaving? Welcome to Deliver Us. Cherie Herbert lives in Leicestershire in the UK and was involved in spirituality from a very early age. Her mother, a believer in the paranormal, frequently took her to a local spiritualist church. Outcast by the mainstream Christian church for attempting to communicate with the dead, this community would regularly meet with a medium and aim to reach out to those who have passed over. Exams are always a stressful period in a child's life. Cherie was about to enter this period in her school years when her grandmother, who passed away before she was born, reached out to her at one of these events. She communicated with her not to worry, as she would be there supporting her throughout this difficult time. These events led to a fascination with the paranormal, and when she was considered old enough, Cherie joined a paranormal investigation team. Being only a short drive away for most members of the team, Dudley Castle would end up being a regular location for investigations and visuals. Despite Cherie's fascination with the paranormal, she didn't consider herself in any way sensitive to such activity and always looked for rational explanations to any occurrences. As much as she enjoyed shows like Ghost Hunters, she always found them over the top and sensationist with their tendencies to jump to demons as an explanation to everything. She and the team had been to the castle many times and witnessed no activity during their investigations. 
However, during their later visits, a series of unexplained occurrences started to take place that made them consider the possibility that something malevolent resided there. Mark was a medium that was the founder of the team. Cherie described him as a physical medium, which differs from the ability of a psychic medium. Psychic mediums have the ability to communicate with spirits and relay messages via their spirit guide. Physical mediums have the ability to use their energy to interact with spirits. When Mark would attend vigils, things would escalate during their investigations. Objects would get thrown. They would hear growling noises and people would be physically harmed by unseen forces. It was almost as if some negative energy was drawn to him. So when Mark joined them on an investigation at Dudley Castle to begin with, it was the same uneventful experience as the previous visits. The event was drawing to a close as they congregated all the guests into the undercroft for the final exercise, which came in the form of a seance. The undercroft had church pews in which the guests sat observing the seance. Cherie and the rest of the crew had picked up all the equipment in other areas of the location, quietly entered the undercroft, and stood watching the seance at a distance so as not to disturb anything. Nothing seemed to be happening until one of the people involved in the seance reacted to something. His face quickly turned to one side and he audibly expressed pain. Concerned, everyone rushed to find out if he was okay. He explained he felt as if someone had struck him and that the side of his face was hot. He expressed he was okay and that they could continue with the seance. They proceeded with the experiment. After a short while of inactivity, they decided to take a break. As soon as the lights went on, the person who had felt the strike across the face reacted with shock, which caused commotion amongst the team. People rushed to see what was wrong, and with the lights turned on, they were able to see four scratches on his face. They weren't scratches made by a human. This was determined by the fact that they weren't wide to match a human's fingernail, but thin like some sort of animal's claws. The scratches were deep enough to draw blood, and so first aid had to be administered. Everyone was clearly shaken up, but curiosity led them to regain their composure in order to be able to carry on with the seance. Cherie was stood on the outside of the gathering of people observing the activity. Her teammates were on her left, and to her right was a space which, other than an empty coffin, was unoccupied. As she observed the seance, she had the sense that someone or something was occupying the space to her right. The feeling grew and became so strong she was compelled to look and see what was there. She saw an indeterminable shape in the darkness. She described as it being like when you see something in the corner of your eye, a shape moving that you can't quite make out what it is. Yet, she was looking directly at it. Unnerved but in control of her emotions, she refrained from saying anything. Firstly, because she didn't want to disturb the seance, but also because she was fully aware that simply stating that you think you might be seeing something can influence others to feel the same, even when there is nothing there. Instead, she asked one of her teammates if they wouldn't mind switching places with her, to which they obliged. The person with which she switched places with was one of the team skeptics, and so as the exercise continued, Cherie observed to see if he would react to the same thing she felt. She saw him 
shift uncomfortably where he stood. He turned to stare at the same empty space where she thought she saw something. After the seance, Shree confronted him about whether or not he saw something, and he flat out denied seeing anything. This wasn't uncommon behaviour for this individual, but over the years they knew each other, Cherie would often bring it up in conversation, only to have him dismiss whatever she thought she saw as something in her mind. The seance was eventually brought to a close, and once everything was packed up, everyone was free to leave. According to Cherie, the only people who profit from paranormal investigations are those who are lucky enough to be commissioned for a TV series or are complete charlatans looking to exploit gullible people. Cherie and the team she worked with were neither, so any money paid by their guests was only in place to cover the costs. Nevertheless, Halloween was always going to be a popular night for a vigil, and what better place to take paying guests than what could be one of the most haunted castles in England? So the following Halloween, the team planned a return trip to Dudley. Cherie was stood with some of the team having a cigarette break before the evening's events were about to take off. The medium mark, was escorting some of the guests around the grounds. The team's cigarette break was cut short by one of the guests rushing up to them and calling for them to help. Mark, they explained, had somehow become possessed. They quickly followed the guest to the location of the occurrence. They arrived to see his face and body twisted and contorted. They recognised it as Mark, but he had changed drastically. His voice changed as he spoke words that didn't form any type of coherent sentence. Some people tried to approach him to calm him down, but he lashed out violently, causing some people to become injured. For Cherie, seeing her close and trusted friend change personality in such a drastic way was disturbing to say the least. In order to remove Mark from the situation, it ended up taking a team of six people picking him up and restraining him as he thrashed to break free. As they carried him through the ruins, the overwhelming smell of sulphur surrounded them. Once they got him outside, the other medium on site sat with him and managed to calm both Mark and the situation, leaving those who witnessed the occurrence scarred by what they had seen. Later that same evening, Cherie was being driven home. At some point in the journey, she began to feel unwell. She passed out and didn't come around until she was back at her house. This was the first time she had experienced anything like this. She had never before collapsed unexpectedly, so she was somewhat taken aback. She arrived to an empty home. Despite having the courage to partake in paranormal investigations, she admits to not feeling comfortable returning to an empty home the night after a ghost hunt, especially one as negative as she had just experienced. This time, however, she had reason to be afraid. As soon as Cherie was in bed, she heard the sound of someone moving around in her empty house. She could clearly distinguish the sound of footsteps walking up and down the stairs and eventually end up outside her door. The strangest thing about this was that Cherie knew that she should have been scared because of what she was hearing, but instead she felt an overwhelming sense of calm come over her, allowing her to relax and fall asleep. Her usual routine after a ghost hunt was to lay in bed with the lights on watching Disney movies because she was always too scared to sleep. It made no sense to her as to why she felt so at peace with this presence roaming around her home. Some time passed, 
and another hunt was booked at Dudley Castle. As soon as Cherie left her home to head to the location, she all of a sudden felt unwell. It was exactly the same feeling she felt when she left Dudley Castle the last time. She was picked up by one of her teammates and as she got closer to the castle, her feeling worsened to the point where she thought she might pass out again. There was a hill that led up to the castle and as Cherie battled the feeling whilst walking up there, she took her concerns to one of the mediums saying she thought something must have attached itself to her after the last investigation. Before the medium could do anything, they had walked inside the ruins and the feeling lifted from Cherie just as quickly as it came over her. This was the last strange experience Cherie encountered at Dudley Castle. Being of rational mind, she didn't want to jump to the conclusion that this was a demonic force of any kind. However, it's difficult to conclude these occurrences could simply be caused by some residual energy when you consider the fact that the presence followed Cherie home and, we assume, back to the castle. Cherie and the team have not since returned to Dudley Castle. Maybe at some point in the future they will and get closer to explaining the experiences they encountered. This story was based on true events, and was written, narrated and produced by me, James Deverell. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This podcast was made possible by the person who agreed to let me tell their story. It was also made possible by you, my listeners. Without you, I wouldn't feel compelled to find these stories, write and narrate them, and share them with you on this platform. I love telling stories, and I truly believe there is great importance for storytelling in our world. It invokes the imagination and opens us up to a greater sense of empathy through shared human experiences. That is the reason I do what I do, and one day I hope to do it a lot more than I am currently able to. So if you enjoy this podcast, please go ahead and help it to grow by subscribing on the platform you are listening on and leaving a positive review. To go beyond the episode and get access to the original Skype interview with the person who was featured in this story, go ahead and check out my Patreon account. Patreon contributors donating $5 or more per month get access to exclusive interviews and a Patreon-only audio feed in which I narrate the original stories I find. Also, to keep up with me on social media, go ahead and check me out on Twitter at, at Daredevil and Instagram at James Deverell. Thank you again for listening.